Make sure you get your popcorn because we're going to some dangerous territory later. Hello, this is Dr. Paul Cottrell, and I'm going to be talking about a news article that came out by CNN and uh, some of the and some of the things that have been going on uh, recently with David Icke and London Real. Okay, in, in my perspective. Okay, um, I've been a little quiet because it's Passover, so I just finished the Seder for the first night of Passover. So anyone that is listening. Um, and you know, wanted some updates. I apologize, but uh, tonight and tomorrow are the the big Seder nights for Passover. Um, to my Jewish friends, happy Passover. So, uh, CNN had an article, and it was uh, titled um, "What was it? It was like." titled something like uh, 5G uh, conspiracy theories on the internet and, 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 and COVID-19. Okay. Um, in the chats and in the comments for this channel, do not write 5G. The reason being is, is that the algorithm on YouTube uh, will read that and tag it and put that into like a, um, a shadow ban. So for this channel to grow, to reach a larger audience, to disprove some of the rhetoric that's coming out about what's happening with COVID-19 disease and, and all this stuff, the code word, and Marfugel does this too, he says stuff in, in, in code. So the code word now for 5G is E7. All right. What I'm doing is, is I'm using Gamatra, but in reverse, where numbers are letters and letters are numbers. Okay, so it's E7. If someone puts in 5G on my on my on this channel, I delete it. I don't care what it says. It's not because I don't believe it. It doesn't. It, it's not that I'm trying to censor you. I got to stay under the radar with the with the algorithm, with the YouTube algorithm. All right, so I'm going to refer to it as E7 from now on, or E7 wave. So my um, my mods, any any if you see something that says 5G, I don't care what it says, if it's positive or negative, delete it, because the algorithm, the AI, at YouTube will tag my channel. Okay, E7 is the code, E7. Okay, so okay, so uh, CNN started talking about E7 and how uh, it's a conspiracy theory on how it exacerbates or causes COVID-19 disease. And I created a video talking about exosomes and some of the things that Dr. Kaufman had right, and a lot of the things that Dr. Kaufman and 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 Ike said wrong. Okay. Now, this is, I, I want to make clear what E7 does to the body or other electromagnetic situations. Now, let's step back a little bit. Cell phones, uh, you know, had the, you know, ha has an uh, electromagnetic radiation that's, that's coming to it. It's a different type of radiation than, let's say, 
um, nuclear radiation, right? It's not the same, but it is an electromagnetic wave. It has a frequency, it has a certain wave pattern, and it can penetrate. And it's been known that for people that, that back in the olden days, when we had the, you know, the flip phones or, you know, the bricks, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s, I remember having a, um, a Qualcomm phone that was, it was like a big phone. And people would, you know, do this to their ear. And they'd be talking and talking and talking and talking. We didn't have, we didn't have earbuds back then, all right? So Johnny Cochran, which was a very famous lawyer uh, for the O.J. Simpson trial, but he, he, he was a, you know, a lawyer for very famous individuals in the United States. But Johnny Cochran ended up getting brain cancer, and he used his phone all the time, all right? And individuals that have the phone right next to them, uh, and, and again, this was the earlier generations of the phone, that electromagnetic radiation was penetrating the skull and creating um, uh, cysts or uh, tumors, uh, typically a glioblastoma tumor. Now, fast forward to, to um, uh, Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy also used his cell phone quite a bit, and he also ended up getting brain cancer. Um, he got to the point where he actually lost the ability to speak and he only could yodel. So he would yodel and he would go to yodel in a certain way to his wife so he could communicate on what he needed. So brain cancer is serious, all right? I had an aunt um, on my father's side that died from brain cancer. It was a metastasized melanoma. Right. She uh, sunbathed, she, she um, lived in Texas, and in her, I think it was her late 30s, um, um, was diagnosed with melanoma too late, and they found out that it metastasized to the brain. And three months later, when they found out, because of her behavioral changes, that, that when they did the brain scan, that, that she had the tumor. Um, and three months later, she died from it. So it wasn't an aunt that I was very close to because back then, you know, we were, our family was living in, in Michigan and it was a distant relative uh, living in Texas. So I don't know all of the clinical presentations she had, but uh, brain cancer is not something to play with at all. So um, even though there's been quite a few advancements in, in going into the brain and, and trying to pull out those tumors. But um, it is proven that electromagnetic radiation does cause brain tumors. So that's one part of the equation here. Now E7 is, is uh, or E7 waves, if you want to call it that, um, do have some tissue penetration. And that tissue penetration can create a, a inflammatory response. That inflammatory response will produce an increase in exosomes. This is where Kaufman is right, Dr. Kaufman's right. 
okay, because this, it's, an, it's inflamed. This is part of the way that the body reacts to inflammation because it needs to communicate to other t tissues or other cells. There's, um, or sometimes it's, you know, there's an autocrine uh, system where um, it, it's communicating to the same cell. It creates a, it, it creates a chemical and, and, and that attaches to a receptor on the same cell, so it's autocrine. There's juxtacrine, which is next to, cells next to it, or paracrine, which is a tissue that is, you know, farther, or cells that are farther away. So this is part of the way it communicates, okay? It's through these, and, um, you know, it, sometimes it, it communicates, uh, you know, because of uh, uh, positive, you know, situations or scenarios or, or exogenous variables or negative exogenous variables, such as electromagnetic radiation. Where Kaufman and Ike went wrong was that they were stating that it causes SARS-CoV-2. It does not cause SARS-CoV-2. Not only that, Kaufman and Ike say that SARS-CoV-2 doesn't exist, that it's some sort of junk that comes out of the exosome or comes out of the MVB, um, the vesicle, the Golgi, I'll call it the Golgi vesicle, um, that junk um, just so happens to, you know, cause COVID-19, but that it's not a uh, communicable d disease. They're totally wrong on that, totally wrong, all right? Because molecular biology techniques, biotech techniques use plasmids and, um, and viruses to do cDNA libraries. I've done them. So, you know, for, for my master's work at Harvard. So, you know, I, my professor, Dr. Uh, Dr. Vial, is one of the leading molecular biologists in the world. All right, you know, and, uh, you know, and then I'm hearing from Dr. Kaufman, you know, uh, this stuff. And, you know, I was trained under one of the best molecular biologists in the world. You know, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe, you know, people that actually have done molecular biology or Dr. Kaufman, who is an MD but a psychiatrist? So this, again, gets back into that, that, that uh, concept that there are benefits of see, having a clinician, an MD or a DO, um, and there are benefits of seeing, uh, you know, understanding from uh, a researcher level. Um, either a master's or PhD level in, in medicine. So, you know, take it, take it from there. So E7 has um, the capability of causing tissue um, um, inflammation. Now there's also some, there is, there's also some uh, evidence that it, it, because of this pro-inflammatory response, and maybe it also down-regulates anti-inflammatory cytokines, that uh, it, it exacerbates uh, cancers. That's anecdotal. More research has to be, has to be done on that, on that front. But I suspect, because of hearing the stories of these towers being by hospitals, and being by children's um, 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 schools, you know, public schools, that the, the cancer rates seem to be popping up more. I mean, when I was a kid, all right, 
you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm 47, so when I was a kid, they didn't have, you know, cell phones in the 70s, you know, um, you know, and I didn't know anyone in my class ever uh, through elementary school and all the way through uh, junior high that had childhood cancers. Uh, there was one leukemia um, case in my brother's class, okay? Um, he ended up getting, uh, was diagnosed with leukemia, and about six months later, he passed away. So, um, so it was kind of rare, you know, being a Gen Xer. And now, you know, you're hearing, you know, childhood cancers popping up, you know, at a, at a higher frequency. There's more children, I think, being harmed by probably vaccinations than, let's say, the 5G, uh, the uh, E7, the E7 um, wave, um, you know, but it hasn't been fully rolled out yet. Now, the difference between 4G and 5G has been explained by, by um, Green's Greg uh, pretty well on his channel uh, when we were talking. And I, I need to schedule another show with him, and maybe we can go into more detail about E7. But the, you know, the idea is that E7 can be blocked quicker than, than um, 4G, okay? And because of that, uh, it can't get deep into the tissue as well. E7 can't get into the tissue as well as 4G. Um, and 3G could get in deeper than 4G. So that, that's kind of the, the paradox here. Um, but it has this higher frequency. And because of that, it may be causing some sort of... Um, uh, you know, uh, a different response uh, uh, for the immune system. But more, more testing needs to be done on it. But I think there's enough anecdotal, anecdotal evidence to suggest that there's something there and that we need to look at it. CNN is like saying, oh, you know, that this is not, this is not causing or exacerbating COVID-19. And... Um, if the hypothesis is correct that E7 waves exacerbate exosomes because of some sort of inflammatory response, then it does exacerbate it because we know that the pneumonia is exacerbated and goes into ARDS because an overproduction of cytokines, pro-inflammatory cytokines. All right, so this is the point, that pro-inflammatory responses of any kind, chemical, electromagnetic, uh, pathogenic, will exacerbate the fluid filling up into the lung and preventing from the person to breathe, okay? So that is, that in, as it progresses, will turn into ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome. Now I'm gonna do another video because people have been saying, oh, COVID-19 is not 
ARDS. Here's the problem. People keep on thinking that everything is mutually exclusive. There are ARDS issues and there are non-ARDS issues. So don't mix it up. It can be mutually inclusive in the population. Certain patients may be ARDS situations and other patients may be non-ARDS situations. I think the far majority are ARDS, but I have to do a little bit more research. Now, Oppenheimer Ranch, um, uh, Diamond sent me a really good article about the non-ARDS uh, perspective and the uh, treatment protocol. But I need to dive in a little bit deeper with that, uh, that, that document that he sent. So, um, you know, and I'll, I'll comment as I digest it a little bit more. Um, but I think he's right in, in the terms that um, there is something to be said and to be investigated on the non-ARDS perspective. But to say that all patients are non-ARDS is not right. And to say all patients are ARDS, I think is not right. You know, there, there is a middle ground here. Now, what that ratio is, I don't know. Um, again, COVID-19 isn't just pneumonia or filling up of the lungs with fluid. It can be also neurological. And we had a great discussion with Dr. Um, McCarran uh, about the actual pathway. As the virus goes up into the, uh, ol the olfactory uh, nerves, um, it starts to, cr starts to jump from these neural networks into the basal ganglia and affect the nervous system. Um, there's also a lot of evidence that it affects the vagus, the vagus nerve uh, and its organs, um, either from a top-down perspective, you know, from the brain and affecting the, the, those different nerves, or the infection, because once you get to the ARDS phase of this, or maybe even the non-ARDS phase, that it's like sepsis, and that you have such an inflammatory response, the cytokine storm that we've been talking about, um, certain organs may be starting to infect the nerve endings of the vagus nerve for those particular organs. So it's what I call the bottom-up infection versus the top-down infection. Top-down meaning it's more starts with the central nervous system and then, and, and then you know, and start, um, you know, starts to go down to the, um, you know, starts to go down the uh, vagus nerve or, or affects the vagus nerve somehow upstream. But there could be downstream uh, infection as well. So, you know, it's not one size fits all. It's not cookie cutter. It's more complex than you can even imagine. So I think that's also the case for E7 waves. So, you know, what's happening here is, is that the higher-ups, you know, the, the eye in the sky, the ones that are really pushing the New World Order, they want to shut down anyone that talks about E7 as a potentiality for affecting your health and they'll shut everyone down and it's very very um very easy to understand what happened to david ike they're trying to shut him down 
what's also interesting is uh, we are change. Luke, Luke um, um, is the owner of the channel uh, We Are Change. He's a he, he's a patriot to this country, and please go and support him. All right, he was demonetized. He's on the ground. You know, he 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 takes that advertising money. And he, and he goes around the world. I mean, he, he was on the ground for the Yellow Vest uh, protest. I mean, he is a real journalist. Not, you know, these clowns in New York with selfie sticks. And you know who I'm talking about, right? So, you know, Luke from We Are Change, is a, he, he, you know, he's a real alternative journalist. And, and we need to support him, all right? So if you can go to his website... And, and support him in any way that you can, um, please do, all right? Because he was fully demonetized because he's one of those types that are showing that certain things are happening in this, in this country. And the reason why I started watching him was his, his uh, coverage about 9-11, all right? It was his channel and um, uh, some of the things that, that uh, David Icke was saying and some of the things that... Alex Jones was saying all at the same time, roughly, um, about you know 9/11 being an inside job. And as I, you know, started to become awake, um, uh, you know, I started seeing that our country was under attack by internal forces that was led by Dick Cheney and others, like Brennan, and you know, and that there 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 was a takeover. Um, to roll in this this Patriot Act. Well, something similar is happening with the BioPatriot Act, with this, this virus. And E7 waves are tied to this because E7 waves are going to allow for a, a, uh, a, a more real-time su surveillance grid on us where not only can they real-time surveil you, but they'll be able to real-time surveil your your, you know, uh, one degree of separation, two degrees of separation, uh, uh, social grid, all right, your networks, your social networks. And I'm not talking about just IT, you know, like Facebook. I'm talking about them being able to monitor all your family members and the people they associate with, okay? Now, that, that's the power of E7 waves. And so there is an incentive from the eye in the sky to prevent that from hap to, to prevent us from being aware of what E7 waves can do. Yes, E7 waves can affect our body, but that is not the big game. So stop worrying about how it's affecting our body. The big game now, we need to skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it's at. So pay attention to what I'm saying. We, as a team, need to skate to where the puck is going. And that is an erosion of our civil liberties through the Bio-Patriot Act. And E7 waves are a big, big piece of it. Okay? Because through that technology, you'll be able to institute decaching better. Through that technology, they will be able to surveil you and your family members in real time. Through that technology, they're going to have better drones for the police department and the social scoring. 
Now that leads me into another component of the Biopatriot Act, and that is Governor Cuomo, and I've made it very clear that I'm going to vote for Trump in the next election because he's an anti-globalist, and I've been anti-globalist for my whole life, all right? So people that think I'm a globalist, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm a very anti-globalist. I'm very pro-America, very pro, um, you know, localization, not globalization. And I have seen, um, unfortunately, you know, through, you know, my f finance um, days and, and, and economic days going to conferences, seeing a lot of people that were tied to George Soros. Um, I'm talking about Stiglitz. I'm talking about um, uh, Ferguson. I'm talking about coup. I'm talking about you know all the high ups in in economics and in big finance. All right, um, uh, Bernanke, uh, Yellen, uh, Powell. You know the central bank. You know uh, Tertiary at the time it was Tertiary when I was you know at these meetings, at these you know economic meetings. Um, the IMF, the World Bank, all these guys, all right, they're all connected to Soros, all right, and it's through INET. Now, I went to about three INET conferences. INET is owned by George Soros, okay, and I've gone to three of them, three of those conferences. It's invite only, and I was able to see um, researchers, um, talking to other researchers about their, you know, their particular uh, field of, of interest in their, in, their, in their working papers and stuff, but also these higher-ups in the economic world presenting these New World Order agendas, okay? And, um, you know, there's a lot of Goldman Sachs guys that are tied to it and all this. So I've seen it from the conference level that's tied to George Soros directly, all right? And I've been very anti-globalization. Back then, I said that the EU, was, the EU, the European Union, would not work because you have too much history within the EU, and um, you, can't, you can't have that homogenous kind of like feel that we have in the United States because we're a newer country. While you have so much history in Europe, it's, it just won't work. But a lot of the, the Stiglitz out there thought that I was crazy. So we'll see the breakup of the EU. But, um, uh, you know, but the big game here is don't be distracted about E7 waves affecting COVID-19, all right? Even though there is, and it affects your immune system to a certain degree, it's not at the extent or the mechanism fully as what Dr. Kaufman is saying, nor what David Icke is saying. Okay, and I did videos that explain that. The big play is the Biopatriot Act. So they're all trying to get you to think, oh, E7 waves affect the virus. No, E7 waves affects your civil liberties. Focus on that. Don't focus on the, the, the virus, all right? We got many, many people trying to solve the, the, the virus issue.
Don't worry about that. The citizens need to focus not on the virus. The citizens need to focus on the civil liberties being eroded by the virus because that's where your strength is. Your strength is not trying to understand the virus because the majority of the people don't have a scientific background. What your strength is, the mass public I'm talking about, there's some people that are watching this channel that are MDs and PhDs and have a strong scientific background. But the far majority, your strength is reaching out to your representatives and telling them that, hell no, you do not want that BioPatriot Act. You do not want that E7 wave. You do not want decaching. You do not want forced vaccinations. So back to Governor Cuomo. I know I went off on a tangent. I'm a Republican. I'm a registered Republican in New York City, all right? And, and um, I have said that Cuomo has been doing a very good job in trying to manage this crisis after he agreed that there was a crisis. I totally disagreed with him when he didn't take my call and his office didn't pay attention to me when I said, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, Albany, we have a problem. Albany is the, the, where our capital is in, in New York City. You know, so Albany, we have a problem. You know, a governor, what are you doing about the, the, this, uh, this crisis where, you know, SARS-CoV-2? You know, we got cases that seems like that have that are positive from the CDC in in um, in Buffalo, and shortly after that, we start hearing we start hearing you know Westchester was going into quarantine and we had cases, and then right after that it spread, right? If he took my call, oh, two, that those those critical two weeks and shut everything down, we probably wouldn't have had four, over four thousand people die in in New York City. All right. Now, I tried to save people. I failed. But the failure is more on, on Governor Cuomo for not listening to me when I told him that it, was, that it was dire. But no one paid attention. So you got to take my advice on this Biopatriot Act. It's the same issue. If you don't listen to me, you're going to be just like what Governor Cuomo did. You wait and wait and wait until, eh, you know, you finally actually see it. I'm skating to where the puck is. Because everyone else on the internet is focused on the virus. Yeah, the virus is a problem. We're going to have a second wave, probably, maybe a tertiary wave, and there's going to be more deaths. But the bigger issue here is that 300... 330 million people in this country are going to lose their constitution. So that's where the puck is going. And you got to stop it. How do you stop it? It's telling these representatives, especially during a big general election that we're having right now. So you, you, go, to, you, you go to these, these, you know, these rallies you know, after we get out of shelter in place. And you tell Biden... And you tell your local officials that are running, what are you doing to prevent drone technology by the police officers? What are you doing, when you, when you tell them, the, the, these representatives, what are you doing to prevent decaching? What are you doing to prevent uh, forced vaccinations? And you call them out on, on, in, in those, those town halls. You call them out on social media. 
You raise hell. That's where your strength is. Please, please do this. The power is in us as, as, as citizens to do this. So Governor Cuomo, in his news briefing today, has now started to do the, the uh, programming, the, that predictive programming, or that, that uh, manufact manufactured consensus that Noam Chomsky has written a lot about. He's starting to say, well, you can't go to work. You know, we're going we're to have to analyze this situation. We're never going to go back to normal. Um, people, we're going to have to understand who has the antibody and who doesn't. So he's opening up the conversation where it's socialism. And, it, they're, and they're going to say, if you don't have the antibody, you can't go to work. Oh, if you haven't been sick and you don't have the antibody, you're going to have to be vaccinated when the vaccine comes. See? See? See what's happening? And he said it in his, in his news conference today. It's around the 10-minute mark. What are we going to do as citizens? Because other governors are going to be doing the same thing. We have to act. We have to skate to where the puck is going to be, not where the puck is right now. So please, please, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. But the power is in us to change the course of history. We can do it peacefully by being engaged citizens and making sure that these clowns like, like Cuomo and all these socialists out there that you know, want to you know, have this, this new world order, we could stop it. But we have to engage. We have to be on the battlefield. And we have to just have the confidence in each other and work together to prevent this. Because if we don't, we're going to be forced faxed and we're going to be chipped and we're going to have never-ending tyranny with E7. So please, please help me get engaged. Because Cuomo, and he's, he's already getting ready for a 2024 run for presidency. That's obvious. All right? But we can raise so much hell that a deep six is his presidency for 2024. Because right now, he's going to look like a hero. He's going to look like a hero and then, say, then, then roll in all these policies that force, for, force vaccinations. And we have no idea what those forced vaccinations are going to do to our body. And I've already told you about the, you know, the potentiality of an antibody-dependent um, enhancement, where you create an antibody, you get a similar disease, and it, it magnifies it, and you get worse. We don't know if that's not going to happen. And we don't know the, the gain of function when it starts to lose the ACE2 receptor affinity and gain the affinity to the other four receptors that I've been telling you about. Now, I'm going to do another video that goes into detail about that uh, Epoch Times um, um, documentary. It so happens that almost everything I said in February they mention. And it almost seems like they watched the channel and then verified it, uh, which is good, you know, and, and stated a few things. 
I am going to state what they said correctly and what they didn't say, which tells you a lot, okay? I don't know if any of, if anyone from Epoch Times came, uh, uh, tried to reach me. I looked at some of my old emails that I did archive because I was, I was getting so many emails that my box filled up in space and I had to dump it. I didn't see any emails where Epoch Times tried to reach me, at least recently. But if they were, it looks like they were doing their research back in February. Those February emails, I don't have anymore. So they may have tried to reach me and I never contacted them. But they said a lot of what I showed. Now, I keep on referencing a 2008 paper that was done by researchers from the Wuhan lab. And, and I keep on mentioning this guy named Dr. Piang Zhao, right? Well, they focused on Dr. Xi. Well, Dr. Xi was a minor author on the 2008 paper. Don't you find that as a coincidence? And I stated on Stephen Molyneux's show and on, um, on uh, Green Gregg's show that it was bioengineered. I explained how it was bioengineered. I explained the research that shows how it was made and the progression of it from a scientific perspective. But I also stated that on, on Stephen Molyneux's show, I think it was the second episode, um, where it bifurcated in 2015. And then they, the Epoch Times states, in 2015, she leaves the, the research um, that, that was deep six by President, uh, President Obama and leaves and transfers that research over to the P4 lab, all right, and starts the bioweapons program. So most likely, most likely, which I stated on Stephen Molyneux's second episode with me, the Wuhan virus is the bioweapon. And the RATG13, which no one can find before 2013, it happens to be first data banked in, in the NIH database on February 24th and then rewritten on March 24th, most likely was the, one of the research lines that led to the weapons program. All right, so the point that I'm making is the CCP, or what Epoch Time, the Epoch Times says is the CCP virus. The, CC, the CCP virus, um, there's a cover-up. And it, the cover-up is being done in nature. The cover-up's being done in science. And the cover-up is, is uh, you know, being done by um, the publications that are coming out of, of China. And people need to pay, pay attention to that because if what I'm right, if what I'm saying is right, and I've, I've, I have put my whole reputation on the line for this, where most people, you know, you know, they, they don't do that. My whole reputation is on the line on this. The evidence is showing that what I've been saying is true. And I've showed how I got there specifically day by day. You can follow all the videos. If you start at the very beginning, you can see my logic and how I, how I, how we evolved. All right. 
What they did was an act of war. CCP was building a weapons program to fight against Caucasians and Americans. Now, what are we going to do about it? And you've, uh, you've already heard, you know, some lawyers starting to sue. I mean, I, I heard s some lawyer in the United States suing for $20, $20 trillion dollars and that there are, the UK is suing for, I think it was 250 uh, billion pounds, uh, you know, and I don't know about France, you know, so, you know, they're already, um, you know, moving down the, the road of legality, uh, you know, and, 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 and you know, and, uh, you know, to see what sort of rep reparations could come out of this. Um, this is going to embolden the CCP to start speeding up their 2025 agenda. And there's probably going to be a conflict in the Pacific Ocean between the United States and China. All right? So it's way bigger than a virus. Yes, a lot of people are going to, a lot of people are going to die. All right? But the two big plays, the two big places where the puck is going is the erosion of your civil liberties, so start paying attention to that, and the CCP and the United States going to war. And that's way bigger than this virus. Way, way bigger. All right? So that's where I'm skating to. So stay tuned. Make sure you get your popcorn because we're going to some dangerous territory later. Hello, this is Dr. Paul Cottrell, and I'm going to do a live episode on YouTube. I just finished filming with Mike Adams, um, and that publication will come out maybe in two days or so. It's going to go through post-processing. But we covered a lot of topics about what's currently going on. We talked about vaccinations. We talked about E7. And I wanted to uh, go into depth about a paper that he wrote on one of his web on one of his websites. Um, now I'm going to go into the chat here. And I'm going to publish the link to the article and talk about the article a little bit and then hopefully you guys read it it's really important so here's the link it should work goes to natural news and this link uh, in the chat box when you have time please take a look at it but I'm gonna just kind of briefly talk about it so the thought here, so this was published on Monday. Uh, the thought is, how does uh, E7, okay, how does E7 exposure alter the structure and function of the hemoglobin, causing the coronavirus patients to die from oxygen deprivation? So we've heard this concept between ARDS and non-ARDS. And we, we have um, 
we have patients with COVID-19 disease presenting with the pneumonia that leads to an overfilling of fluid in the air sac, that fluid is a combination of interleukins, uh, cellular debris, and white blood cells. Uh, you know, so this material is kind of pus, kind of, and it fills a lot of the air sacs. And as it accumulates, it'll be harder and harder to actually compress and decompress the lungs. And th through that compression and decompression, you don't get the proper gas exchange, carbon dioxide and oxygen exchange into your blood. So there was a, a uh, ICU doctor that was talking about how some of these patients um, are non-ARDS, you know, so there's this kind of paradigm shift that he's suggesting where it is more like a mountain climber issue, where they're not getting enough oxygen to, to the red blood cells. Well, if you have ARDS, you're going to have a problem with the oxygen exchange. So yes, you're going to have less oxygen in the, you know, in the hemoglobin on the red blood cells. But there are cases where you may not have the fluid buildup and you still have the hypoxia. So this is the non, what we would call the non-ARDS. So you can have both happening. So again, people that are, people that are paying attention to what's going on, people that are paying attention to what, what's going on, it's, um, it's not just fluid buildup, but there's also other clinical presentations. You could have the dry cough with no fluid, still have, you know, something going on with uh, blood oxygen oxygenation. It can go into the nervous system. And we talked about this with Dr. McCarran, where it goes up to the olfactory nervous system and creeps into your basal ganglia and affects how you think. Um, your, your impulses are regulated normally, but you may act out your impulses with being contracted with this COVID-19 disease through the central nervous system on top of affecting the vagus nervous system. So there's many different presentations that are taking place here. So in this article, it's explaining how E7 is, or E7 exposure may be part of the reason why you're seeing this hypoxia. All right, and I've stated a while back, I've stated a while back that E7 affects the immune system, okay? Well, in this paper that Mike Adams wrote, he shows 
a chart that's really in interesting and it, it's uh, published in environmental research where electromagnetic frequency actually affects what is called a voltage-gated calcium channel. We have these channels within our membrane that help pass th through ions. So this will activate one of these ion channels and flood in calcium. All right. Now calcium is has a higher concentration outside the cell than in the cell. We have low concentration in relative terms. And so there'll be this flow going into the cell. And when that happens, uh, two, main, two main pathways, well, maybe three, two main pathways take place. One is the nitric oxide uh, cycle, which will, you know, which will have some sort of therapeutic effect. Um, and then there is the, the more pathological uh, effect, all right? And in the paper, it's, you know, talking about the calcium, calcium signaling leading to disease, okay? I, I, I mentioned this last night in passing where I was talking about how you can have vasal constriction through cells that are wrapped around capillaries due to ROS um, being uh, increased because of amyloid beta. Well, the constriction is caused by calcium. All right, calcium is part of, is part of the mechanism. So here you have a path, you know, pathophysiological effect uh, for capillary restriction that I was telling you last night, but here calcium signaling could, you know, lead to some sort of other disease state. Now, the big point here is, is that nitric oxide will, will turn into a, 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 it'll turn into a super oxide, and that will lead to uh, peroxynitrite. That accumulation will lead to upregulation of what is called NF-kappa, uh, and that is a very pro-inflammatory response, which will lead to pathophysiological effects. So e at, uh, E7, electromagnetic radiation, will affect the immune system by producing more NF-kappa. And through that, it will, it, it will present itself with more pro-inflammatory cytokines, which is what we're seeing with ARDS, this overproduction of, of an immune response that's filling the lung with fluid. All right. Now, 
so you can have the immune system affected by E7 and it exacerbates the actual um, COVID-19 disease. Now, in terms of oxygen with the hemoglobin, if you don't have the proper, proper gas exchange in the air sac, then you're going to not have as much oxygenated blood, okay? You'll be hypoxic. Well, this um, can be also exacerbated, not by just the ARDS, not being able to exchange because you have this pro-inflammatory response, but E7 exacerbates the production of this pro-inflammatory response, which makes ARDS worse. But for non-ARDS, uh, non-fluid situations, what could be happening is The, and this is hypothesis at, at this moment in time, the electromagnetic radiation in E7 could jiggle the, the, the molecule of either oxygen or perhaps the hemoglobin. And the binding domain of oxygen to the hemoglobin is, is uh, has a certain dome to it, okay, where it attaches. And this is shown in the paper that Mike Adams wrote for his website, uh, his article. It's possible that E7 electromagnetic radiation may prevent the proper binding of O2, oxygen, to the binding site, or it promotes a competitor that binds. So, for example, um, um, you know, you have carbon dioxide, right, and you have oxygen. That's being transported. So electromagnetic radiation as a hypothesis could be that it uh, allows for binding of carbon dioxide more than, than O2 because it's, it's, changing, it's changing a little bit of the structure of the molecule. So please read the paper that Mike Adams wrote. I think it's very informative. But it, strong evidence is leading to the thought that E7 exposure does affect the immune system by upregulating NF-kappa, and um, that, that is part of the mechanism of these pro-inflammatory cytokines that are leading to the ARDS. And we, you know, need to look into, like, how does E7 affect the hemoglobin molecule, you know, and we would have to do some we would have to do some uh, crystallography 
um, tests, you know, analyze a molecule that's under electromagnetic radiation versus not, and see how it how it is being affected and how does it change the affinity of oxygen to the the hemoglobin. So. Um, can't really change my 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 mic here but can you hear it better a little bit better can you hear it a little bit better yes or no so please read the article I'll, I'll paste it again in the chat here but I think it's a good article that people should read to explain the, the, the potential of how E7 is affecting the immune system I'm what I get the most out of this article is the NF Kappa route and the up the um, the overproduction of peroxy um, peroxy nitrite so you know it's it's uh, it's interesting and it's something I've been saying for a while that we know that electromagnetic radiation affects the immune system but what Mike found was one of the one of the pathways that this could happen through and it's through the NF Kappa so that's that's um, what's going on there. So kind of try to, we may be moving to a society where we're going to have to wear clothing that are E7 proof, where it blocks the E7 electromagnetic radiation. Now Rex on uh, Leak Project, he he sells caps, but I think also clothing like t-shirts and, and, and pants and stuff like that where it, it could block E7. So there is material that can block this electromagnetic radiation. It may become more common that clothing will have this kind of capability. Um, so I'm very concerned about E7 affecting our immune system and how it exacerbates COVID-19. This goes right back into that we need to get more into nature. We need to boost our immune system. You have to, you know, get the turmerics and the and the NMNs and the um, the iodines, the filtered waters cleansing the colon, reducing inflammation, not having a very high carbohydrate diet because insulin will create um, inf inflammation. And the nano products that I, that I sell, they also are, are immune boosting, reduces inflammation. So daily Routines that re that reduce inflammation will make you healthier. 
and it'll at, you'll actually find out that over time you actually age slower because what will happen is, is that as you have less inflammation your body can heal and get rid of cells that stop dividing because cells can only divide for so long or cells that are unhealthy can apoptose so when you with these stem cells the adult stem cells it rejuvenates new tissue well those adult stem cells have longer telomeres while your cells that stop dividing or or diseased they have a tendency to have less length on the telomeres at the ends of the chromosomes well if you're getting rid of your bad cells and you're rejuvenating through adult stem cells new cells on average in a tissue population a cell population or in the tissue you're going to have over time longer telomeres not that the telomeres are growing what it is is that your stem cells are producing producing new tissue and that new tissue has the longer length telomeres so you're actually in essence the age of the cell the average age within the tissue actually goes down and this is part of the mechanism for anti-aging or longevity so a very anti-inflammatory protocol antioxidant protocol daily is going to make you healthier and live longer you'll have more longevity so try to reduce your E7 exposure the best that you can and use these pro-inflammatory use these anti-inflammatory nutraceuticals and immune supporting nutraceuticals and you'll notice that you will get healthier and you will have more vitality and they can also be applied to when you're sick you can you know increase the dosage of these to help the body fight a pathogenic situation that you might have so what's on my website you can buy nano silver products and I sell you know toothpaste right and I sell wound gel so if you're cut it helps stimulate and stimulate the stem cells and and uh, and clean out the wound your wound will heal the military uses nano silver products I have lavender soap that can be purchased and the really important products are the liquid solution which you can take daily I take this where I um, take two teaspoons a day but because I also taste I take C60 I take this two two tables two uh, teaspoons a day for two days then I take a teaspoon of C60 for two days and then I alternate that's how I do it I don't take C60 and this together because um, I think that C60 neutralizes this 
but because C60 passes through the body uh, within 24 hours or so, you can, you can stack it, but you can't stack it on the same day. You can stack it where it's, you know, every, you know, do it two days in a row for this, two days in a row for C60 and then alternate. Only if you're taking C60. A lot of people are not taking C60, and if that's the case, then, you know, you, you, you would just take this every day. If you're sick, then you should take two tablespoons a day until the ailment goes away. Same thing with the gel. You can do one pump a day, you know, like for two days, and then do C60. Or if you're not taking C60, you can do one pump a day and swallow it. You can, it's, a, it's a little gel. You can swallow this um, and do it every day. If you're sick, you do two pumps. Now, this uh, could also go into a wound area. This can be applied uh, in terms of um, uh, vaginally. Um, if you have uh, some sort of sore in your mouth, you could put it on that sore in the mouth. You can use this also as, as a, um, a hand sanitizer or around your mouth and nose to protect, and it'll stay on there for five hours. So it's a, there's a dual-use product to it. So if you're new to nano silver, um, I would purchase this and this. Uh, and then as you get more comfortable with the products and realize the, the benefits of nano silver, then you know you can up you know, with the, the soaps and the toothpaste. And you'll notice that you will get less sick because you're boosting your immune system and you're fighting pathogens. Now, um, also, toothpaste, this toothpaste doesn't have any fluoride in it. So, and so it's killing germs, it's whitening the teeth, and it's reducing the potentiality of having microbes that cause heart disease because bad oral hygiene is correlated to heart disease. It's not the only factor, but it is correlated. So that's kind of like what's going on with E7, electromagnetic radiation, and how it may be exacerbating COVID-19 um, and how a, a potential mechanism with the oxygen affinity to the, the, heme, the heme group or, the, you know, the hemoglobin. Um, but the big takeaway for me from, from the paper was this peroxy nitrite leading to increased production of NF-kappa, which leads to larger inflammatory responses. So please read that. I'm going to post it one more time in the chat box. I think it's a good article that Mike Adams wrote, and it you know will educate people on on what's going on with E7. Now, uh, please, I mean, I'm you know I sell these products to help people, but also to help support the news coverage.
So if you can purchase these products, I'd appreciate it. It will help you. Um, they're very good products. And um, if you would like, you can also donate on my website. On the front page, down at the very bottom, you can uh, donate through PayPal or through Stripe. Or you can join my Patreon account, and that will you know, help with news coverage on top of this super chat thing that, that I have installed now for the uh, live chat. So someone, so I'll, I'll start taking a few live questions and then I'll, I'll cut the broadcast because I'm supposed to be talking to Stefan Molyneux soon here. Um, so someone is asking a question about Dr. Kaufman's theory. I did a video. I actually did two videos, but I did a, a, a deep dive of Dr. Kaufman's uh, theory on exosomes. And he has, he's wrong. He's, and I, I go in, I, you know, go in detail on why he's wrong. What he is correct on is that electromagnetic radiation will, and other stresses, chemical stresses, hormonal stresses, cellular uh, inflammatory stresses, will produce more Golgi vesicles. Or what is these MVB? Uh, they will have product in them. They will have uh, different you know, different RNA product. They may have uh, uh, different chemical products in them, toxic products, but they may also have viral products. And his statement that viruses don't exist is completely false. And he was referencing a paper where he was looking at the Golgi vesicle being the size of a, in, in, inside the so he's terming, he's using the term exosome inside the cell and exosome outside the cell. And the paper showed that inside the cell, um, that go, the, these uh, exosomes had a, had a similar size to the um, SARS-CoV-2. Well, people need to understand that the Golgi vesicles will be different sizes. And you can have a Golgi vesicle that's the size of one viral product, or you can have a Golgi vesicle that has many products in it, not just viral products. Because the Golgi apparatus helps package a lot of different stuff. And when it is starting to bud off of the Golgi apparatus and create the Golgi vesicle, you're going to have different sizes. So he was being disingenuous or doesn't understand that MVBs can be of multiple sizes. And because of that, he was saying that, well, viruses must be exosomes. No, no, because you can see, a, you can, one, you can see a virus. And two, you see virus through electron microscopes. But you, you can manipulate viruses to create C DNA libraries. And I've done that. 
and it sounds like he's never done molecular biology because he's making statements that are quote anti-germ theory but the basis of of molecular biology manipulating genomes and manipulating um, RNA is through cloning and in and doing insertions in plasmids and, and, and macrophages and to infect a let's say a bacterial cell we use uh, bacteriophages so we can package new types of RNA sequences in a bacteriophage to produce certain chemicals, certain compounds inside a bacteria and extract those compounds for many different purposes. So for him to say that viruses don't work, well, it's an everyday occurrence that you're using it in the laboratory as a, as a standard, standard protocol for molecular biology. On top of that, we use um, uh, retroviruses to infect human cell tissue, all right? Human cells to understand its biology. So for him, we don't use exosomes. We don't make an exosome and, 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 and infect cell tissue. No, we use retroviruses. So for him to make these statements, Unfortunately, the public doesn't have enough science education to see the holes in the argument. So he promotes it on flat earth channels like Richie from Boston, who doesn't have the scientific background to even critique what Dr. Kaufman is stating. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, he's saying things that are, that are just not right. Are exosomes increased because of electromagnetic radiation and stresses? Absolutely. Do we have a cytokine issue with RA, R, uh, ARDS? Absolutely. Will more, will more exosomes increase, the uh, exosome release be increased with viral infection? Absolutely. But exosomes are not viral products. Viruses are viruses. And vesicles of different sizes will have different things in it. And he was making the statement that it's junk, like RNA junk. And that's what a virus is. Well, if it's just junk, it would be random. But what happens is that it allows for, it allows for, um, you know, evolu there's an evolutionary con construct to it. You can see, you can see with viruses, and it, as it mutates, and and uh, goes through natural selection, you can see the evolutionary process of these things when it's out in the public. I mean, we're starting to see now. Because of, because of the different sequencing of the Wuhan virus, mutations. And that's to be expected once it leaked out of the P4 lab. So for him to say that, that viruses don't exist is just complete nonsense. 
because you can infect these cells um, without exosome, without an exosome. You can just have pure viral product, and you, you know you're doing the molecular biology off off of it. But he did get it right that you do have an increased production of exosomes during cellular stress. You need that to help heal the body. Okay, so you know not everything that did Kaufman say was wrong, but when he states that viruses don't exist, and then he brings up the statement that the the RT PCR wasn't testing for, for SARS-CoV-2. Totally wrong. I did a video talking about David Icke and how he was wrong about RT and PCR. So take a look at it. All you have to do is just type in Dr. Paul Cottrell, RT, PCR, and you'll get to the video. And I go in detail, strong detail, on why he was completely wrong on that. Now, I'll address the Wuhan and Fort Detrick issue here. So there was a really, really good documentary by Epoch News. And they go, it's something I've been stating on the channel, where they go in detail on how the scientific line was bioengineered and the connection through all these different level three and level four labs around the world. The papers that I've been referencing go all the way back to 2007, 2008, where you can see the early construction of the virus by um, a group of researchers that uh, Dr. Pyong Zhao was affiliated with. On the research paper in 2008 that I keep on referencing, where they start to design the pseudovirus with the HIV homology, a minor contributor to the paper was Dr. Shi. Dr. Shi was instrumental with U.S. involvement in developing gain of function, meaning having higher affinity to certain receptors uh, to, to infect humans with coronavirus coming from bat homology. This is tied with Fort Detrick and Obama closed the program down. This happened around 2015. This is the point where I stated that there was a scientific line that was being developed that goes all the way back to 2008, maybe a little earlier, but I have a research paper that, that emphatically you know, states that the genesis seems to be 2008. Um, and it bifurcated at, in around 2015 for, for a weapons program that was, that was shut down and then moved to P4 in Wuhan for further development. What also the documentary brings up that I thought was interesting was the connection between France and China. France needed help in building the lab, the P4 lab. So they had this architect, the French architect, but midway through the development, they canceled 
and they start having their own architects. I think at that time was when they actually started um, um, working with the arth architect for the weapons program to set up the lab. So that once everything was built, and they started to develop the the um, the weapons program, and so there was two things that were going on: a scientific line and a weapons line. There was an accident at the P four lab that Dr. Shi was running, and led to the release. Some of these researchers were infected, and it. it it led to the release of this weapons line. I think that the weapons line is Wuhan virus, what we call the Wuhan virus, because it has the highest HIV homology. The RATG13 line is, I think, an early version, um, or we'll, we'll call it early version, or one of the versions of the scientific line. And I think there's a cover-up that's going on in nature and in science where the Chinese researchers are trying to bury and, and, and uh, backtrack and try to fill the gaps to try to say that this was zoonotic. It's not zoonotic. Uh, there's very strong evidence that it's not zoonotic, and I've made lots of videos about that and why I believe that. And all of the all of those PDFs that that give you this conclusion are on my website. So you can go to my website. You can go under medicine and just read all the PDFs. Take the time and read them all, and you will you will realize that it was not zoonotic, that it was bioengineered, and that there was a weapons line that started around 2015. And there's a cover up. And they want to cover it up for multiple reasons. They don't want the international community. China does not want the international community to have such a backlash that a CCP virus was released and infecting everybody. Let's just say that your grandmother dies from this. Your grandmother died from a CCP weapons virus. That's what, that's what that means. That's an act of war, what we're talking about here. All right. On top of the civil liberty issue that I've been talking about, that I'll I'll leave for another day here, but um, we gotta we gotta really stay minded that this is this is a definitely definitely you know a an issue, but there's a hubris that was going on with the scientific community. Now, part of the uh, you know the NIH oversees some of this stuff. All right, this development, this re research development, and Fauci knew what what Dr. Xi was doing, and I don't understand why the press corps doesn't start asking him specific questions about Dr. Xi and what was going on under Obama's administration, and why was there um, early development at Fort Detrick on gain of function with these viruses. Because what that will reveal is, is that Fauci was part of a weapons program in the United States that they shut down, probably because it was too damn dangerous. And, and the Chinese, the CCP, thought that, you know, that it behooved them to develop it further. And it leaked out. And now we have 
you know, massive casualties in, around the world. The CCP should pay for this. In 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 uh, in in um, um, war, you know, like a Nuremberg trial, in in a wartime court, and there there should be repar reparations that that um, they're instituted. That you know they they were reckless. The CCP was reckless, but so was the early development at Fort Detrick. We were reckless too, but we had the wisdom to shut it down. So, Dr. Fauci, he was part of this. You think he wasn't? It's total BS. And where you, we need we need to call him off on on some of the development. What was going on with the gain of function? What did he really know about this virus? Because he's not telling the American public the full story. Now, what is interesting about what the uh, Epoch Times hasn't mentioned in their documentary was the civil liberties issue. They were very good at explaining the development of the scientific line and the weapons line. They tied it to Dr. Xi. They tied it to the leak from the P4 lab. They also, um, you know, were blaming the, the Chinese government, which they should. All true statements, but they fell short on how the New World Order types want to use this for decaching the erosion of your civil liberties and for forced vaccinations. They did a good piece about the connection, the corruption connection, to the grandchild of, of the last uh, president of China. He owns a company that owns the company that makes Remdesivir. So the CCP family members are tied to the clinical trial of Remdesivir, which I find really odd. So they did great journalism at uh, Epoch News or Epoch Times um, that, that revealed this. It's great but they fell short on talking about the Civil Liberties and the Biopatriot Act, and I find that odd. It's almost as if they didn't want to expound on the potentiality of Agenda 21, which leads me to think that maybe Epoch News has some sort of affiliation or some sort of ear of the CIA. So I think I'll, you know, I've been streaming for 45 minutes or so talking about E7, electromagnetic radiation, how it affects COVID-19 disease, um, the pathway for increased inflammation, which is through NF-kappa, uh, and uh, the potentiality of it affecting the oxygen aff affinity to the heat to the hemoglobin um, and you know we went over a little bit about what's going on with the CCP virus so if you could please 
with support of this news, you know, purchase the nano silver products that are on my on my website. They are very very good products. They're not like, you know, they're extremely good products that will help you. All right, it's stuff I take. All right, and um, again, the two most important products to get are these two here, the liquid and the gel. They both you can swallow. This you can put in a nebulizer and breathe it in. If you don't have a nebulizer, you can put it with you know some water, boiling water, and, and, and put some of this in there and breathe in the, the vapor. That will help um, improve your airways. This is a gel. You can swallow and you can put it on your hands and around your mouth if you're going outside. I take this twice a day. Or I take this once a day for two days straight, and then I switch to C60 because I use C60 as an antioxidant. I don't take C60 in this on the same day. So two days of this, two table, two table, uh, two teaspoons a day. If I was sick, I would stop taking C60, and I'd take two tablespoons of this every day until I was better. If I this. If you don't have the liquid, you can do one pump, and you can take that daily. If you're taking C60, again, do two days of this, then two days of C60, then two days of this, two days of C60. Don't take C60 with this the same day. And um, uh, if you're sick, then you do two pumps a day, swallow it. You can put this on your hands and around your face, and that's, uh, that's uh, disinfectant. What's really good with this also is you can put it in a spray bottle and you can spray stuff on surfaces and it will neutralize pathogens. And Patreon is a way to support. Super Chats are a way to support. Donations on the website through Stripe or PayPal also help support. I put a lot of content at, uh, out there that is really informative and very helpful and it's not just giving my opinion, you know. it's. There is a lot of scientific basis for what I'm saying, so please support. Um, so I'm going to close it out for right now, and um, and um, I got a call. I, I have to uh, contact Stephen Stephen uh, Malamue. He's he he had some. Uh, he's working on a project. So thank you for listening, and um, the website. Oh, I apologize. I didn't put it in the description box. I will put it in there right now. Hold on. I thought I put it in there. Here's the all my contact information. In the district description box, I just pasted it. So this will get you to the. I just pasted it. You might have to refresh your your screen to see it, but it's the website, the Patreon account, my secondary channel. If someone has a uh, a vaccine story that they want to share, where they were harmed or their children were harmed by vaccines, please send me an email and I will send you a link to a Dropbox account 
and I will publish every story that you have. Uh, my Twitter, my podcasts, my books, and, and Facebook. So you can go to the website. You can purchase the Nano Silver on there or donate or join Patreon. So I appreciate all the support that you provide and all the uh, research that you provide. It is very helpful. So, um, so here's the website for purchasing nano silver products and donating to the cause here to fight the good fight. So thank you for listening, and uh, I'll get with you, um, you know, in another broadcast. Hello, this is Dr. Paul Cottrell, and I'm going to be talking about something that. Um, that came to mind and I learned today during my research seminar, okay? Um, so every Wednesday, I have a research seminar with about 15 different other students where we present papers, okay? So <clears throat> one of the presenters today was talking about Alzheimer's. Okay, and there's different forms of Alzheimer's, or different manifestations of it, different causal pathways, all right? But something that came up that was very interesting, um, everyone knows that amyloid beta, um, well, let's just say most people know that an upregulation of amyloid beta will accumulate. Uh, it's tied into the tau protein uh, entanglement. But this is focused more on the amyloid beta. And when amyloid beta is upregulated for whatever reason, either due to inflammatory responses or due to um, uh, genetics uh, or mutations, so there's a, there's a protein, there's a, an amyloid beta protein that is either 40 amino acids or 42 amino acids. So when there's a mutation, or you'll have the larger version. And that will go down the road towards Alzheimer's. Another aspect of Alzheimer's is not being able to um, filter your, your cerebral flu fluid that accumulates with the amyloid beta. So usually that happens when you're sleeping. So there's also a correlation between not having the right sleep pattern. I believe it's uh, if you haven't gone into uh, stage three or four in your sleep pattern that's just before REM so individuals that are older will have poor sleep patterns which exacerbate the amyloid beta accumulation now when that when you have this accumulation of amyloid beta you will increase your reactive oxygen species ROS and that will lead to 
a uh, ET1. ET1 is endothelian-1. So this is a molecule that attaches to a receptor that is um, part of the endothelium. Um, so you have your blood vessels. So this is like, uh, this is uh, capillaries. So this is like talking about micro bleeding and micro, micro health, okay? So there's a lot of evidence uh, coming out of Japan about per, uh, preventing micro bleeding, all right? Or, or collapse of the capillaries. That if you have a lot of this micro bleeding, then you'll have local neural tissue start to die. You have enough of that, then your head starts to Swiss cheese on top of the amyloid beta plaque. But when you work out a little bit, you're putting enough pressure on the capillaries where it strengthens them and prevents the micro bleeding. Okay? Um, so bleeding. Uh, strokes could be due to either a hemorrhage or a blockage. So either way, you're not getting enough blood to certain tissue. Now, so these, these cells that are around the capillary are pericytes. And when the endothelium dash 2 dash one I mean attaches to the receptor the ET1 receptor what will happen is, is that that pericyte will constrict the capillary all right now when there's a when there's a lot of this happening eventually what will happen because of I believe the calcium in the area um, um, eventually that pericyte uh, will start to die, all right? And I'll call it fossilize, all right? So this, this cell will stay wrapped around, even though it's dead, wrapped around or ossified, um, um, around that capillary and maintain that constriction. So you can see that if you are having a blood pressure issue and your your blood pressure is dropping, you'd want the ET1 to attach to the to these receptors and to allow the the pericyte to constrict and it'll increase blood pressure. But if it's chronic and you have um, this buildup of amyloid beta, this is bad because it'll lead to decline in neurological fun function that, that is characteristic of Alzheimer's. So again, you have increase in amyloid beta, an increase in ROS, which leads to an increase in ET1, which attaches to the ET1 receptor that that allows for the parasite that the the per um, the preocyte will constrict the capillary 
Now, how do you prevent this? Okay, so there is a lot of research on anti-inflammatories, okay, and antioxidants that one can take to reduce ROS, all right? So if you're having accumulation of amyloid beta, then you, you can take C60, which is a very strong antioxidant, that will reduce the ROS that the amyloid beta is producing, that's signaling. And you can take anti-inflammatories. Some anti-inflammatories are also antioxidants, so it's a, it's a double whammy from another vector, another attack point. So people that are at risk of getting Alzheimer's or are starting to, sign, starting to get you know, early signs of it, Taking C60 and turmeric um, because they're both antioxidant and turmeric is anti-inflammatory would help reduce the ROS that would reduce the ET1, which would prevent the constriction of the capillary system. Now, this doesn't prevent the production of amyloid beta. But what it does is, is it prevents the microstroke. Because again, you can lose neurons for multiple reasons. One is inflammation and your immune system starts to attack the myelin or uh, eat up the, the dendritic um, branches coming off of the axon, you can get microstroke, which is what we're talking about here, or microbleeding. So um, but it so this method of turmeric and C60 to redu reduce ROS to prevent the production of ET1 would be um, would help, but it wouldn't reduce the amyloid beta. Amyloid beta would still continue to build up, but if you can get to a normal sleep pattern and get into the stage three or four, you'll be able to filter out some, some of that, not all, but some of that amyloid beta out of the, the, the cerebral spinal uh, fluid, all right? So your, your, spinal, your spinal fluid, um, kind of circulates and you can it, it it somewhat you know comes out now the smaller protein is easier than the larger protein to filter so you still will have accumulation now as that's accumulating you're going to have a, um, a pro-inflammatory response with your glia cells so taking anti-inflammatory type nutraceuticals will calm that down and slow down, not prevent, but slow down that inflammatory response that will lead to 
degrading the, the axons or the dendrites. So um, that's a potential therapy. So when I was listening to the lecture, um, the presenter that was lecturing about Alzheimer's and the pathway uh, leading to capillary restriction um, due to increased production of amyloid beta, the first thing that popped in my mind once they said the next, the next path from that was an increase in ROS was, well, C60 prevents ROS. Same thing with turmeric or, or something like it, rosemary, um, and you know high doses of this. I'm, I'm a big fan of turmeric. I, I don't sell turmeric and I don't sell C60. Um, I get the, my turmeric um, from uh, Infowars and I get my C60 through Purple Power. Um, I'm very happy with those brands. So I would recommend for neurological health, especially if you have um, potential uh, risk to Alzheimer's, to try to reduce your ROS. Um, that will prevent the microstroke. Uh, exercise will strengthen um, the capillary system and uh, lower your chance of microbleeding. Um, and trying to not have an inflammatory response in your in your in your central nervous system should reduce the the early onset of Alzheimer's. This is not going to reverse it if someone has it, but it has the potential to slow it down, especially if it's coupled with maybe other medications. Um, but you'd have to talk to your physician on that. You know, there's medications that are being, you know, wor that are being uh, used to treat Alzheimer's. Um, so, but from a, from trying to keep your central nervous system health, the C60 and the turmeric, in this case, there is a pathway here to prevent the microstroke. Um, again, microstroke doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, lose function right away. That's why we call it micro. So it's like you're losing blood flow, all right, which over time may actually um, reduce, you know, reduce functionality in that tissue downstream that's not getting the proper um, blood flow. So it's ischemic. So when, once you once you start restricting it, you start you know to have you know a, an ischemic situation, um, and if it constricts too much and you don't get any flow, then you'll have the stroke. So this is like um, micro ischemia or micro stroking, um, because you were talking about very small capillaries here. We're not talking about arteries, uh, where if you have you know if you have strong blockage there then you have a big stroke or if you have an, an uh, embolism you know type situation so um, I 
I think that there is there is some use for C60 and turmeric to prevent the ROS due to an upregulation of amyloid beta in this. So that's my uh, take, you know, to prevent the constriction of that capillary through the uh, um, paras, you know, these these uh, parasites, the parasites. And uh, and um, you know we'll see we'll see I mean it's it's an interesting th it's an interesting pathway that's not typical to, to 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 look at so hopefully you learn something about Alzheimer's and and uh, you know central nervous system health using C60 and turmeric. Now, again, I don't, I don't um, sell these products, so it's like you know nothing. I don't, I don't, I'm not pushing anything. But in terms of pushing something, I do sell. I do sell the nano, the, the nano silver products, and that will you know boost your immune system, to, um, you know, to uh, be able to fight pathogens, and. Um, you know, there's a lot of dual uses, and I have a lot of different products. I have the soaps, I have the mouthwash, I have gels, I have, you know, wound-type gels, I have um, lozenges, liquids, and the liquids can be nebulized. The gels can be used on your hands and your mouth. You can ingest it. Um, the wound gel is, you know, great for... For wounds that are that's from AVL, um, the the extra strength gel from MDS is uh, also good for wounds. So, you know, please go to the store and purchase your Nano Silver products or your alkaline uh, structured silver products, and that will help with my news coverage on this stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully you get, you know, in a situation where you have enough provisions to, you know, to, you know, weather the storm here. So thank you, you know, for listening to this and I appreciate it and um, have a nice day.